You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the two-world site on the fan-sided network. Our reminder, Fridays on Locked On NBA Friday, that's today. Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. Today, there's plenty to talk about related to the Timberwolves. And once again, we're going to start this thing all about Ben Simmons here off the top of the show. There's a handful, really a smattering of Timberwolves news and notes to talk about later. Uh, A new assistant coach, some Jared Vanderbilt notes, uh, an ESPN article that talks about Carl Anthony Towns becoming an elite NBA player, what he's got to do to get to that level, and also a potential Timberwolves free agent target that is now reportedly off the board. So we're going to get into all that here on today's show. Tons to talk about on the Friday show today. A reminder here off the top, you can follow or subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to pods. Um, Of course, now that also includes YouTube, where perhaps you're watching this now. Uh, This is only our third show on YouTube. This is the first week we've been on YouTube. But of course, you can listen to the audio version of the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple as well as iTunes, or excuse me, Apple as well as uh, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Google, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves as well as at BBeacon is my Twitter account. That's two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Simmons stuff. So I think the most notable stuff all started on Wednesday, um, and we haven't had a show since Wednesday. So some of the stuff is is just, you know, a, a couple days, a couple days in the past, but all very relevant. Um, it started with a tweet from Ben Stenar, um, and I, I guess I'm not positive if I'm pronouncing that right. He's written for a number of different NBA outlets and is a pretty well-known reporter. And he tweeted out something to the effect of, you know, well, actually here, I'll, I'll pull up the exact tweet. He tweeted out, add Ben Simmons to D'Angelo Russell, Cat, and Anthony Edwards, and you got a contender. Yeah. I mean, obviously, right? I mean, you're talking about uh, Townsend Simmons are two of the top 25 players in the league, hands down. Anthony Edwards is probably the highest upside young player in the league right now. And D'Angelo Russell's, uh, you know, been an all-star and is a max contract guy, obviously a very good player, very efficient offensive player. You add those four guys together. Yes, of course you have a contending team. Um, So he tweeted that out. And of course there were multiple responses to it by notable dignitaries around the league. The the first notable one was Patrick Beverly, who is a, a, a the newest member of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Wolves top uh, probably top player off the bench this year, depending on how the lineup shakes out. A notable veteran who has been on a playoff team in every single season he's played in his career. Patrick Beverly has been to the playoffs and, and that's absolutely notable. Um, he tweeted out facts or, or I should say retweeted the Stenar tweet with the word facts with the eyeball emoji. Um, I mean, it's notable that a current to rules player chimed in on the idea of adding a superstar, adding an all-star, a 25 year old superstar, um, to, and a two-time all-star multiple-time all defensive team player to the fold. Um, maybe it's a no brainer, but it's always notable when a current player is chiming in. So that was number one. Number two, Stan Van Gundy, 
Um, of course, longtime NBA coach, plenty of places, Miami, Orlando, most recently, New Orleans, was fired from the Pelicans after just one season after they, they missed the playoffs and had a really disappointing season inside Williamson's second year um, and first full season. Um, SVG chimed in on Twitter as well, replying to the Stenar tweet, uh, suggesting that adding Simmons to, to D'Lo, Cat, and Edwards gets, gives you a contender. SVG responds with, uh, this is the exact tweet, love to know how your plan to get Ben Simmons, a, a typo, I guess, love to know how how you plan to get Ben Simmons without giving up any of those three guys, is I think what he tried to say. Um, that's a great point, Stan. Um, that is exactly what Gerson Rosas is trying to do. That is the the uh, multi-million dollar question is, is how is that possible? Is it possible? How could this get done? I've talked about this on the show quite a bit. Um, and I've got a few ideas and, and, you know, some of them I've, I've, uh, you know, tangentially touched on over the past few weeks and months really, but I want to get into the weeds a little bit more on them. Um, the first one is, is the desperation, you know, it, it, well, actually let's set the stage a little bit further. Um, and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, the Ben Simmons trade request thing came out on Tuesday. So I talked about this on Wednesday show. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. But long story short, Ben Simmons requested a trade. Apparently last week he met uh, him and his representation met with the Sixers front office ownership, coaching staff, Doc Rivers, everybody out in, I think, California last week. And formally, I, I guess, requested a trade, at least said he would not show up to training camp this year. And that came out on Tuesday. So I talked about all that on Wednesday show, broke that down a little bit. And now that we know that, how desperate is Daryl Morey? How desperate are the Philadelphia 76ers? Are they feeling the itch to now make something happen a little bit more than they were? And, and the other thing I said on Wednesday, you know, I think if you paid attention to the NBA over the past decade plus, you know that Daryl Morey is not the type of guy who's going to get influenced by outside factors. He's not going to make an emotional decision nearly seemingly every decision. And maybe this is, this is overemphasized because of the, uh, the dork Elvis, as Bill Simmons calls him, element to Daryl Morey. The fact that he, Bill Simmons lovingly calls him dork Elvis, by the way. Um, the fact that that uh, Daryl Morey is known as kind of like the, the, the godfather is maybe not the right term, but the guy who really popularized the use of analytics, you know, the extreme threes and layups only offense, both in the NBA and in the G League, actually, with Chris Finch as coach of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, the G League, you know, several years ago. Uh, Daryl Moore makes decisions really as detached from emotion and, and fan sentiment as, as you, I mean, look at the, his track record with Houston and he was star hunting all the time and flipping guys and bringing, you know, bringing in and out role players and star players to try and find the right combination of superstars to win a title. And he got close a couple of times and, and the Rockets, of course, seemingly were knocking to the door every year and never made it. If there's anybody that's going to take the emotion out of it and ignore the fact that Simmons doesn't want to be in Philadelphia, Simmons' agent doesn't want Simmons or Tyrese Maxey, who he also represents, uh, you know, rookie just last year. He doesn't want either of his clients in Philadelphia. The fans don't want him in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid is pretty much on record as saying he doesn't want Ben Simmons back in Philadelphia. So the pressure's got to be on, right? Daryl Morey doesn't really seem to care that much, or at least that's the prevailing thought. That's what he wants us to think. So who who's going to call who's bl who's bluff here? Simmons has said he's not coming to training camp. If he holds true to that, this is going to be messy. And now if he shows up, it's also going to be messy unless Maury makes a move in the next three to four weeks. So what are the next steps? If, if you buy that eventually the Rockets are going to cave somewhat to this pressure and whether that's 
sooner rather than later, or if it does get into the season, whether or not Simmons reports, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which makes the Sixers want to make a move faster, right? If Simmons doesn't show up, are they more inclined to ah, let's just get this done with and, and get some players in here that can help us this year as we're trying to win a title? Or does a Simmons showing up and be more of a distraction accelerate the process? I don't know. I'm not sure which one does that more. Um, but if that were to happen, what's the the quote unquote desperate trade idea? Um, I guess I'm on, I'm on YouTube now. If you're watching this on YouTube, I can actually make air quotes. The desperate idea uh, or the desperate trade idea for that the Sixers may accept. What's the best case Timberwolves offer, especially if you want to keep D'Angelo Russell, if you want to keep that Ben Stenar dream alive or, or the, the dream that I think all Timberwolves fans have alive of keeping D'Angelo Russell and of course, um, keeping uh, obviously Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and still acquiring Ben Simmons. What does that look like? And then what is the other alternative, which is something I've talked about a little bit on this show. So I want to get into all that next uh, before we get into some of the other Wolves news and notes. And there's actually plenty to talk about today. Um, but first, before we do all that, let's talk about Bet Online AG. There's not a better time of year to talk about Bet Online. It's that time of year once again. All eyes are now turning to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. By the way, if you're a Timberwolves sports fan, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, I'm recording this shortly after the Gophers fell, but covered. Uh, the betonline.ag line was minus 14. I, I think that's where it closed. I saw some places had it at 13 and a half, but I believe it closed at minus 14. The Gophers lost by 14 on Friday night, University of Minnesota to Ohio State. So not a bad start to the season um, covering against the number four team in the nation. But you can bet at Bet Online for all pro and college football. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th NFL season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up and use the promo code NFL100. Again, new customers using the promo code NFL100 are refunded up to $25 if you lose your opening NFL bet on Thursday the 9th. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football to basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for 2021. Bet Online's your online sportsbook experts. Again, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's also talk about our fantastic new friends over at DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Learn more about Direct TV Stream there. Again, directtv.com. Compatible devices required and content varies by package. Okay, uh, let's talk about my idea, and it really, honestly, about the only way that the Timberwolves could pull off a trade for Ben Simmons without trading, without trading, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, or Anthony Edwards. 
The only way it could really get done, and again, this is admitted, like, I don't think this is going to happen. I mean, just putting it out, being completely transparent, I don't think this will happen, but this this is possible. The Wolves could trade Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, a bevy of first-round picks, and then to make the money work, they'd have to trade either Patrick Beverly or Torian Prince to make the money work, to not put either team deep into the luxury. Um, and they could take back Simmons and Tyrese Maxey if if the, the Sixers are hell-bent on moving Maxey. That would work. Um, they could leave out the Maxey-McDaniels part, but I think the Sixers would want McDaniels to make it work. And at that point, the Wolves would say, give us Maxey. And I don't think, given the agency situation, I'm not sure that the Sixers would balk at that at that point. Um, it's probably three first-round picks. Maybe it's three and a couple pick swaps uh, in order to get this thing done. The other caveat here is Beverly and Torian Prince, either one of them cannot be aggregated with another trade. Um, in, in other words, they can't be part of anything besides a one-for-one -one trade for like another, I think it's 60 days after the initial trade. So roughly another six weeks, I guess, for uh, for um, for the first player, for Prince and another seven or so weeks for Beverly because the trade wasn't official until last week. So neither one of those guys can be traded for a while. So if that's the case, this trade doesn't happen until well into the regular season. Well, I say well, two, three weeks into the regular season. Um, so roughly the same time of year that the Jimmy Butler trade was consummated, which by the way, side note, the Butler thing keeps coming up. It's not apples to apples. Butler had one year left on his deal in his final year in Minnesota when he came to training camp did the whole practice thing. The Rachel Nichols interview on ESPN was traded 10 games into the season for a really kind of mediocre at best trade package, which by the way, involved zero first round picks. It's not the same thing. Um, the only parallel would be if Simmons shows up and makes a stink and then gets traded a couple weeks later. But Simmons has four years left on his deal as a 25 year old superstar. Butler was roughly five years older, had one year left on his deal, was looking for a max contract and was salty about Andrew Wiggins getting the extension. That's not the same situation. Um, but at any rate, that would be one thing Simmons could do is he could show up and, and make the whole thing go nuclear. I don't think that's very likely um, to happen. I don't think that's really his personality. And I, I don't think that that's, I just don't think that happens. But anyway, the Wolves could offer in a few weeks, once the season gets going, Beasley McDaniels, three to four first round picks slash pick swaps, and then either Beverly or Torian Prince to make the salaries work. I think the Sixers would much prefer Beverly, especially if they're trading Tyrese Maxey. Um, but we'll see. So then the Wolves, or maybe we won't see, I guess, but they could basically pick between the two. The Wolves would get back Simmons and Maxi. Simmons basically becomes your starting four at that point. You play D'Angelo Russell um, with Anthony Edwards, and you could start Tyrese Maxi at the one and slide D'Lo to the two if you wanted to. I think more likely Maxi would come off the bench in that situation. And you uh, you probably put Josh Kogi in the starting lineup at that point. So, um, well, no, I don't know. I guess they have a couple of different options if they went that route. But Simmons would obviously be in the starting lineup. So would D'Lo. So would Anthony Edwards. So would Carl Anthony Towns. Um, you figure out your fourth starter later. doesn't really matter because that's a, that's a playoff team for sure and very likely a Western Conference Finals contender at that point. Um, you're talking two top 25 guys in Simmons and Towns, a top rising star in Anthony Edwards, um, who's figuring things out. And, uh, you know, Daniel Russell, who's a really nice, if he's your fourth best player, you're in pretty good shape. Um, granted he's being paid a max contract, which by the way, is part of the reason why I don't think the Sixers are pumped, you know, to build a, a return for Ben Simmons around D'Angelo Russell. I, I just don't think that Daryl Morey's jumping out of his seat to do that. Um, if he was, it would have been done already. I'm sure. I know the Wolves don't want to trade D'Angelo Russell, but Ben Simmons is a better player. Uh, you know, that, so I think if it came down to it, that's still a possibility, but anyway, 
So to answer Stan Van Gundy, that's one possibility, right? Is is a bevy of first rounders, Beasley, McDaniels, Beverly, or Prince to make the money work. Trade that can't happen until November, but a possible trade. The other possible solution is the three-team trade route. And I've talked about that on the show quite a bit. Uh, if you're a regular listener, you've heard me talk about this. And, and recently, I've kind of tweaked the idea. Um, it, it's tricky. It, it's not clean by any means. But what is the player that that Philadelphia covets? Obviously, it's Damian Lillard. Bradley Beal's not going anywhere. At the moment, Damian Lillard's not going anywhere. But he's the only piece that the Sixers and Daryl Morey could get that is somewhat on par with and, and a better player than Ben Simmons. So if that's what he's holding out for, say Lillard shows up to Philadelphia and, or excuse me, to Portland training camp and says, eh, I'm out or, you know, decides to, you know, allow the rumors to kind of stew. Could there be a three-team deal between the Wolves, Blazers and Sixers where Lillard goes to Philadelphia, the Timberwolves get Ben Simmons and then Malik Beasley and Tyrese Maxey from Philadelphia go to Portland. It allows Portland to still maintain somewhat of a, you know, they're not going to, they're not tanking in that situation, right? But they've got a young, intriguing player in Tyrese Maxey, a solid current player in Malik Beasley, who they could flip, by the way. He's got two years left on his deal. They could flip him after this year at the deadline if they wanted to, or they could keep him. He's young. Um, he's effective. If the Blazers think they can still make the playoffs in the West and that's what they want to do, they could keep him. They would get a pick or two as well for moving off of Dame, probably from the Timberwolves, maybe one from the Sixers, two from the Timberwolves. So if the Blazers come out of this thing with three first-rounders, Tyrese Maxey, Malik Beasley, that's not awful. Maybe Jade McDaniels, maybe the Wolves send a pick plus Jade McDaniels instead of multiple picks. That's a possibility too. Uh, but Philadelphia basically just gets Lillard in this situation. I don't I don't know that they get much besides Dame. I think that's tough. Um, and I also don't know the Wolves get much besides Simmons. Um, maybe they can coax, you know, uh, Matisse Thibel out of the the Sixers, that would be awesome if the Wolves could somehow get Thibault, especially if they're trading Jade McDaniels out. Um, so you could kind of haggle with those pieces, which, you know, are, are, it's no small deal, right? I mean, it's a it's a big deal if the Wolves are sending out McDaniel's or not, if they're getting Thibault or not. But the big pieces would be Lillard to the Sixers, Simmons to the Timberwolves, some combination of Maxi Beasley, maybe Jade McDaniel's to the Blazers and picks. That is a thing that could happen. Now, depending on how it all shakes out, the luxury tax could be an issue. Um, the trade, as I just mentioned, the Wolves just don't have enough high dollar contracts that they're willing to trade to make this happen without going into the tax. So the luxury, like deep into the luxury tax, like if they did basically what I just said, even if they include Jaden McDaniels, he doesn't make much money, right? He's a late first round pick. They're probably 15 million over the cap at that point, roughly. Um, so, I mean, the Wolves would have to be, in this situation, you're not giving up D'Lo, you're not giving up Ant, Cat, um, you know, anything like that. So maybe they're willing to go into the tax. I doubt it. But if they are, that's doable. If not, then they've got to include, you know, a, a bigger piece. And that would have to be D'Lo. They could wait and get this thing done with Prince or Beverly, which I think is the more likely scenario is they wait, include Beverly. Maybe Jake Lehman ends up somewhere to, to really, because if, if they did the Beverly or the Prince thing, you add one more smaller contract, whether it's Jalen Noel, Jake Lehman, somebody like that. Um, and Noel obviously is more trade value than Jake Lehman. But, you know, again, at that point, those pieces are haggled over at the, at, you know, matching up the salaries at the tail end of, of figuring this thing out. The Wolves could get that done. I mean, they could do it. But again, if you're going to include Prince or Beverly, they've got to wait basically until November, the tail end of October, early November to make it happen. Um, so that is the second possibility. And the one that I think the Sixers would prefer, the Wolves probably prefer because they likely end up giving up less in the way of assets if the Sixers are getting Dame. 
So uh, that's that's your alternative version of this thing, right? Um, I think it's I think it's feasible. I don't think it's likely, um, but it's certainly still on the table. One other thing that's important is there was a report on uh, this was late on Wednesday, I think, or maybe it was late Thursday, late Wednesday, I believe. Sam Amick of the Athletic. Um, noted that the Kings, Sacramento Kings, have not talked to the Sixers about Simmons in several weeks. And we know the Kings have been interested. It's much, uh, you know, frequently reported that Simmons wants to be in California, wants to be on the West Coast. And the Kings were listed as suitors. Of course, they have some, uh, you know, potential trade assets. De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are certainly positive trade assets. Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley are less enticing is certainly healed at his contract. Bagley probably still has some positive trade value, I would guess. Um, but the Kings, I, I guess the headline here is the Kings are not actively engaged with the Sixers, right? Which basically leaves the teams that we hear a lot about Golden State and Minnesota. Um, there's some stuff out there. The Athletic had some reporting about Cleveland being a dark horse. That might've been Amic as well. Um, and a handful of other teams, the LA Clippers, I guess, would still be involved in these conversations. But you got to like the Timberwolves chances simply because um, they have the right combination of potential young assets and, and also all their draft picks, right? So if the Wolves can can pull this thing off, multi-team trade or or I should say three or more team trade or, or just themselves, um, you know, they've got a shot. It, it's it's going to be tough, but it's, it's far from impossible. And I think some of these recent developments related to the Simmons essentially asking out, saying he's not going to show up to training camp, and then also now this information that Sacramento is not as involved is all positive and encouraging if you're a Timberwolves fan. Um, so we'll see where this thing heads next. But again, a story to keep an eye on. We have way more information than, now than we did for Wednesday's show. Um, so who knows, by the time we get to Monday, this whole landscape should, it could very well change considerably. Um, next, what I want to do is I want to talk about a little bit of Jared Vanderbilt news, a new assistant coach, ESPN article that talked a little bit about Cat, and then also a free agent target that the Wolves were linked to who is now going elsewhere. So we're going to get to all that here next. First, though, let's talk about our outstanding friends over at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers now for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have every single thing you could possibly need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I promise you, if you like protein bars, first of all, there's no chance you like protein bars and like the taste unless you've had Built Bar. Um, but if you haven't had Built Bar, what are you doing? You have to try Built Bar. It's fantastic. There are several flavors to choose from that are all delicious. Mint brownie is, is one of my favorites. Cookies and cream, um, salted caramel, 
really anything with caramel or coconut are, are my favorites. Um, chocolate chunk, anything with chocolate chunk. I mean, I, I really have liked every single one I've tried, honestly. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can do that now with a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine staple flavors at BuiltBar.com. Check out the macros in these. Not only are they delicious, but they're also healthy if you're looking for a healthy protein bar. 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar. The calories range from only 130 calories to 180 per bar, only four to five grams of sugar and just four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all delicious. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get, excuse me, LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, a few of these other Timberwolves news and notes. The first one, let's talk assistant coach first. So the Timberwolves had a vacancy after Joseph Blair moved on to the Washington Wizards, took a promotion. Remember, he was supposed to be the defensive coordinator for the Wolves this year after David Vanterpool was not extended following the season. And Joseph Blair was going to head coach the Summer League team. He led their training camp in advance of Summer League. And then shortly after Summer League kicked off, we found out actually the day, the first day, the day of the first Summer League game, that Monday, it was made public that Joseph Blair was leaving the team for a promotion with the Wizards and their revamped roster and staff. Um, so the Wolves had a vacancy on their bench and they ultimately hired Elston Turner, who has been around. Um, if that name sounds familiar to anybody that's been a Timberwolves fan for over a decade, he in, he was a finalist interviewing for the Timberwolves head coaching job under David Kahn way back in 2009. This was the same year that the Wolves drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn, faithfully. Um, but he was one of three finalists for the Wolves job. It was it was Elston Turner, uh, Mark Jackson, you know, current ESPN analyst who hasn't had a head coaching job in the league since then. And uh, obviously, Kurt Rambis, who got the job, also fatefully. It was a, it was a very fateful year for a very fateful franchise, uh, 2009. Um, but Elston Turner was a finalist for the job at the time. He interviewed for plenty of other head coaching jobs over the past decade plus and has bounced around a little bit. Been with Sacramento a couple of different times. Most recently, was with the Rockets. He did not coach last year, I, I don't believe. Um, but... He was uh, he was the lead defensive assistant with the Rockets in 1920. Of course, the, those were good Rockets teams. Um, they they met untimely demises around that time of year, around the playoff time of year. But he was he was basically leading the defense. Um, he was a he was a Rick Adelman guy. Um, there were rumors he was going to come to Minnesota with Adelman. He ultimately didn't do that way back, you know, a decade plus ago, or I guess just under a decade ago. Um, and instead stuck with the Rockets, then went to Phoenix, Memphis, back to Sacramento, Houston most recently. Um, but anyway, he's 62 years old, been around the league quite a bit, is known as a defensive minded guy and is a solid addition to Chris Finch's staff. So he'll be the latest member and, and likely round out the bench uh, for Chris Finch and the Timberwolves this season. So that's notable. That was first reported by Darren Wolfson on Twitter, uh, Doogie, of course, of Score North and KSTP Channel 5 in the Twin Cities. Um, so that's notable. Another uh, quick note related to current Timberwolves um, and and not you know speculation of, of guys who were on, on the free agent market, I guess somebody who technically is still a free agent, Jared Vanderbilt. Um, is one of two restricted free agents still on the market, the other being Jordan McLaughlin. The Wolves have the only two traditional restricted free agents um, on the market, and both are are still out there. 
Uh, and, and I've speculated on this pod that both guys will be back mostly because there's a lack of cap space league wide and the Wolves still have roles for both and roster spots for both on the team. Um, John Krasinski in the midst of another article that was really all about the power forward situation. Um, but, but leaning on kind of something we talked about late last week, I think this is Friday's show. Um, I talked about, or I guess it would have been Monday this week, Derek Jones, Jr., uh, Lori, uh, Markinen and, uh, who's the third guy that I'm completely blanking on now? Uh, Larry Nance Jr. All were traded in one one deal a week ago, last Friday. Uh, the Wolves had interest in all three of them. I talked about that on Monday's show. So it's an article all about that at The Athletic by John Krasinski. He talks about Jared Vanderbilt and just kind of drops this nugget in. He says, uh, Jared Vanderbilt will be back next season. That's the exact words that John Krasinski uses on The Athletic. He will be back next season. He will either get a multi-year deal Things are pointing in that direction, John says, or sign the qualifying offer and play one more season before reaching unrestricted free agency. So if the Wolves get Jared Vanderbilt back on a multi-year deal, the smart money here is that he comes off the bench and they start Jaden McDaniels at the four, J-Max slides to the three in some lineups with Fando at the four, or they could bring McDaniels off the bench. They could bring Beasley off the bench, provided he's not traded, and start D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, McDaniels at the three, Vanderbilt at the four. And Vanderbilt is a fantastic fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. He brings that ruggedness, that edge, that rebounding ability and defensive switch ability at the four that the Wolves obviously didn't have with Juancho Hernan Gomez. They're not going to have it. Uh, they'll have the obviously the defense with McDaniels, but he's not going to be able to hold up down low quite as well as Vando does. He uh, isn't the rebounder that Jared Vanderbilt is. So, uh, all that to say, I think it's notable that that John Krasinski has the Wolves bringing back McDaniels. And again, the words he uses are, he will be back next season. Of course, nothing's done. Um, it's not even, he's not even saying sources say, he's just saying that based on everything he's hearing and and, and the fact that these signs are, signs are pointing to that happening, right? Um, that's still the most likely scenario for Jared Vanderbilt in this offseason. So I think that that's a notable thing from John uh, to point out. And, and I hope so. I like Jared Vanderbilt. I think he'd be more important to bring back, honestly, than Jordan McLaughlin. I like Jordan McLaughlin a lot. But again, the Wolves miss the rebounding. They miss the edge. They miss the defensive ability. All things that Vanderbilt brings to the table. By the way, things that Patrick Beverly brings to the table. A big acquisition by the Timberwolves this offseason as well. All things that this team has missed um, for years, frankly. And, and one of the biggest things this team was missing last year and Chris Finch has identified and Gerson Rosas has identified, hey, we need more of these qualities on our roster. And Vanderbilt brings those. Um, so I think it is very likely uh, that he is back, as as John Krasinski says. Um, a quick note, ESPN had an article. Uh, the headline is skills that could change the games of four NBA stars, including Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. ESPN insiders had four different skills that they identified from stars that basically, hey, if they if these stars added this quality, they'd be unstoppable. So kind of a silly game because I think it's all pretty obvious. So like for Giannis is one of them finding his jumper. Thanks. Thanks, Kurt. I like Kurt Goldsberry a lot, but I, I, you know, anybody could tell you that Russell Westbrook embracing the floater. Of course, he's always been an elbow jumper guy or get to the rim guy. And, and at this point in his career, it'd be great if he had a floater. Uh, Luka Doncic talks about his free throw line flaw. Uh, and then Carl Anthony Towns. This is uh, by Andre Snellings at ESPN. The, his portion of the article, this is a, an ESPN article, talks about defense. And again, obvious something we've talked about at length here. Um, a couple of interesting stats. Snellings points out that 
Um, over the past two seasons, Towns has allowed 1.072 points per direct off-ball screen when it's his man who sets the pick. This ranks 335th out of 446 players who have defended at least 100 screens. This is crazy. When the man Towns is defending is screened off-ball, Towns has allowed 1.183 points per chance and a whopping 1.5 points per direct pick. Both rank last in the NBA, 333rd out of 333 players who've been screened off ball at least 100 times again over the past two seasons. And if you think about it, anytime Towns' man sets an off ball screen on him, or anytime, I should say, anytime an off ball screen is set to allow Towns' man to get open, um, it's not good. I mean, the eye test could have told you that that's where arguably where he struggles the most. When Towns is in space, he does pretty good on the perimeter. I mean, there was that famous clip, I think it was his rookie year or second year, when he got switched on to Steph Curry near the end of that Wolves-Warriors game in Golden State, nationally televised game. Um, And Towns shut down Steph Curry. I mean, he can still do that. He can move his feet. He can switch well. He's a pretty good shot blocker. His instincts are solid. He's improved, you know, the thing that he used to do where he'd be a step late, but he'd still try and block the shot because... You know, it looked like he it was an effort thing, kind of a fake hustle situation. He doesn't really do that as much anymore. It's more the off-ball stuff. It's it's occasionally a lack of awareness. It's occasionally a little bit of laziness. Um, and also the concepts changing. That's certainly part of it too, uh, over, you know, multiple defensive coordinators and schemes that he's played in over the past, well, really his whole career. Um, but all that Snellings is saying here is, Look, if Towns could be adequate defensively, he would be an absolute monster. He'd be a top 10 player for sure, if not top five. He talks about his offensive rating the past couple seasons, by far had the highest offensive rating in the 1920 season, um, was more than twice the offensive RPM, which again is ESPN's real plus minus metric, which I think is one of the best kind of, if you're going to pick one metric to hang your hat on, that's a really good one. More than twice with Nikola Jokic's was, um, who of course Jokic won the MVP this last year and Joel Embiid. Um, that year was just a 1.8. Towns was a 5.8 in offensive RPM, but he was last among centers in defensive RPM. So the balance there, the net rating between the offense and the defense was, uh, you know, it was still really good, but the defense drags down the offense so far. Um, and I think that that, uh, you know, again, not a surprise. And, and Timberwolves fans know this. We've always known if Towns can improve his defense, he'd be not just a superstar, he'd be a, a top flight player in the league. But uh, that's pointed out and kind of underscored here by by Andre Snellens at ESPN. So um, go check that out if you're able. And then the last thing would be um, the Timberwolves, a target I talked about the last couple of weeks more and more because I I started to get excited about the possibility was Paul Millsap, of course, now a, a wily old veteran which I guess is maybe a little redundant, but a wily old veteran who spent the last three seasons in Denver. The Wolves pursued him in free agency several years ago, again this year, apparently. But uh, there was some reporting recently to suggest the Wolves were actually really interested in Millsap um, that I talked about last week, maybe two weeks ago on the show. But Millsap will be signing a a vet minimum deal with the the Nets, which was kind of what I expected all along, was it would be like the Nets uh, or the Warriors were the team we kept hearing. Because Millsap, of course, wants to win a championship and and the money isn't as important. It would be the role, where he weighs the role, I think, was the wild card. So if he looked at the Wolves and said, hey, I could be their starting four and we could be a playoff team, um, maybe the Wolves could get him and pay him seven, eight million out of the mid-level exception, especially if they're not going to get Jared Vanderbilt back. But it's more important to Millsap to have a slightly smaller role on a much better team, probably, in the Brooklyn Nets and make a lot less money because he doesn't need that, you know, after his contracts in Atlanta and, and most recently his deals in Denver. Um, so he chose, apparently this is reporting, um, let me see who it was exactly, but he is 
reportedly going to sign up with the Nets. Um, this is Sham Shrani at The Athletic reporting this, um, and then it was confirmed by Millsap's agent. So um, and Millsap's going to be apparently off the board, so it's another sign pointing to Jared Vanderbilt ending up back in a Timberwolves uniform this year, and I think most Timberwolves fans are excited about that. The, the prospects of Vando being back in Minnesota. So um, a little bit more offseason movement now that we're really in the teeth of the offseason, right? We're three weeks out from training camp, roughly three weeks out from media day. Um, and then and, and then this thing gets kicked off for real. So um, still lots to talk about and, and lots that could come up over the weekend, especially in this Ben Simmons saga. Obviously, if anything big happens, emergency pod will be up as soon as possible over the weekend. Otherwise, we'll be back on Monday to talk about all things probably Ben Simmons again. This might as well just be the Locked On Ben Simmons Watch podcast. Um, but we'll talk about whatever happens in Timberwolves land um, over the weekend on Monday's show. Of course, next week we'll be back Monday, Wednesday, Friday. A reminder, if you're not already following or subscribed to this podcast, you can listen to it anywhere uh, for free, anywhere you listen for free. Um, Apple, Google, Spotify, the all new Odyssey app. You can also watch on YouTube as well. It's starting this week. This is brand new that we're on YouTube. So if you like to listen to podcasts there, check us out, Locked on Wolves on YouTube. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon with two Bs, two E's, C-K-E-N. Um, a reminder about Locked on NBA on Fridays, Fridays on the Locked on NBA show. You can listen to Nick Angstad of Locked on Mavericks and Adam Morris of Locked on Nuggets. They power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked on NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. A reminder that Locked on Wolves is, of course, part of the Locked on Network the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Thanks once again for listening. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.